The Vana Institute is a derivative, non-canonical, fan-made project derived from the Magnus Archives, an original horror podcast which has been created and distributed by Rusty Quill Limited. The Vana Institute is not endorsed by Rusty Quill Limited and is distributed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, 4.0 international license. For more information on the original source material, visit www.rustyquill.com slash the Magnus Archives. The Vana Institute, Episode 1, The Forest. <clears throat> Let's see now. Statement 0090803. Statement of Vikanshu Joshi on his friend's dis- disappearance in the forest of Meghalaya. Original statement given on 26th August 2009. Abhishek Arya recording. Joint Secretary of the Vanya Institute, New Delhi. Statement begins. It was the three of us, Vinod, Ramesh and I. We'd all met in our first year of university and had become fast friends over our hatred of the subjects we were studying and our love for trekking. At the end of our final semester, we decided to go to Meghalaya to explore its mountains and jungles on foot before our inevitable search for jobs began. Now being young and with more than a need to stand out, instead of going on a well-known hiking trail, the three of us had decided to go to Moflang Sacred Forest instead. I had heard about it from an uncle of mine, who liked hiking through forests and mountains even more than I did. We'd gone immediately after the rainy season, so as to make sure that we didn't run into many people. We'd gone immediately after the rainy season so as to make sure that we didn't run into that many people, preferring to keep our own company. The forest is under the care of the Moflang village in the East Khasi Hills district. Some kilometers we'd gone immediately after the rainy season, so as to make sure that we didn't run into that many people, preferring to keep our own company. The forest is under the care of the Moflang village in the East Khasi Hills district. Some 25 kilometers away from Shillong, it's a quite little place. And though the weather was a little damper than I would have liked, it was all very peaceful. We were offered the services of a guide from the village several times when we reached there, but we declined. Still the people warned us not to take anything outside of the forest, and I politely informed that, that we were aware of the laws having done extensive research on it beforehand and that they didn't need to worry about a thing. I still remember that two, three villagers watched us enter the forest and hadn't moved an inch till the time we were inside the thick canopy. I remember feeling uncomfortable like this, but the feeling had quickly disappeared as we walked deeper into the forest. It was all so beautiful. As soon as we were amongst the trees, the only sounds we could hear were the chirping of birds and a low hum of insects around us. We spent the first day simply exploring the forest for more time than we should have. We spent the first day simply exploring the forest for more time than we should have. Well into the night, the next day went pretty much like the first with the three of us roaming around and taking pictures. We were careful 
not to disturb our surroundings too much. Even when pitching our tents for the night to sleep in. And just as planned, we hardly ran into more than two or three other groups in our time there. The majority of the third day was spent uh, pretty normally as well. As it was going to be our last day in the forest, we decided to find a relatively open spot and pitch our tents early so as to better see the night sky from amongst the trees. We must have walked for hours before finding such a place. Vinod and Ramesh set up the tents while I cooked. And after dinner, we just lay on the ground, staring at the sky. I don't know when I fell asleep. But when I woke up, the fire was out. The tents had been broken. And there was no trace of my friends. I called out their names. But there was no response. In fact, there was no sound at all. Even the usual chirruping of crickets at night was missing. The entire forest felt dead and abandoned. And if every living thing there had fled, I took my torch out of my bag and go to look for my friends. But as soon as I turned it on, something growled from behind me. I slowly turned around, shining my torch at the tree line, but saw nothing. A few minutes passed like this, with me waving the torch from side to side, searching for any sign of life, then something dawned at me. The clearing my friends and I had been sleeping in was surrounded by trees on all sides, but it was still an open spot. However, the trees looked a lot closer than before, and denser too. However, the trees looked a lot closer than before, and denser too. The path which we had taken in the evening to reach the place wasn't there anymore. There were no gaps between the trees wide enough to slip through of any kind. While I was still trying to wrap my head around what was happening, another growler rose. This time from my immediate left. I could quickly scramble to the middle of the clearing, frantically shining the torchlight towards the thick roots and branches. And this time, I did see something. The torchlight, in the torchlight, a pair of eyes shone back at me. And then another, and then another, and another. The eyes seemed to be everywhere in front of me, between the trunks, on the top of the branches, and near the ground. There must have been at least 20 pair of shining yellow feline eyes staring at me. Even in the torchlight, all I could see were the eyes. Now, I'm no expert, but I know what most cats look like, big and small. I've seen enough wildlife documentaries to know how their heads are shaped and where their eyes, ears, nose and mouth should be. I also know what their eyes reflect backlight in the dark. But trust me, when I say that these weren't cats, the space between their eyes was all wrong. A cat's snout is wide, especially in tigers and lions, so their eyes are far apart from each other. The space between these eyes was narrower, almost human. Of course, at the time, none of this even crossed my mind because my entire body was screaming at me to run, to hide, to be anywhere but there, in that clearing. But there was nowhere to run to. The trees felt even closer. 
it was like forest was expanding inwards just to keep me there making a cage smaller and smaller with passing moment and then eyes began to move they were slow at first like something strolling through a park walking in a counter clockwise direction then they started running silent except for the occasional growls not once did those eyes look at anything but me no matter the speed at which they were running all i could do was sit there in the middle hands and feet close to my chest the torch had long since on the ground i don't know how long that night lasted the next thing i remember is one of the villagers shaking me up apparently it had been more than a week since anyone had seen us all of our things had been torn to shreds my friends were still gone everyone had a lot of questions but nobody believed me when i told them what happened in the end the whole incident was chalked up to my friends and i being attacked and robbed but i knew what happened and was all real another friend of mine recommended that i go to your institute with this instead of the authorities if only to have somebody to talk to it's been more than a year since the incident but i can't help but feel that i somehow still trapped in that clearing still being hunted by those eyes and statement the investigation at the time was conducted by the joint secretary and current secretary of the institute shrishti vats she's been on leave for almost a month now and left instructions to record a box full of statements on a tape recorder of all things no idea what that's about not do i care that much work is work anyway regarding the investigation it seems that police reports and news stories do confirm most of what mr joshi said in his statement his two friends mr vinod sharma and ramesh solanki were listed as missing possibly abducted no ransom demands were made that's what concerns me about regardless of whether the statement is true in its entirely or not there is a very strong possibility that two people are dead most likely killed as for mr joshi's claim about cat like eyes well it could have been a leopard not a rare sight in melhal leopards don't make a habit of roaming in packs however then still did try to contact mr joshi for a follow up statement quite recently it seems but to no avail the intern who called mr joshi did report something peculiar they said that while the call was short hardly more than 15 seconds the entire time of faint growling sound could be heard in the background and recording this episode was written by raghavendra singh rana and featured the voice of abhishek kumar as the joint secretary thank you for listening